When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Shay Dixon along here with me. It's National Signing Day time. It sure as heck isn't what it used to be, but still have at least one LSU target to talk about uh, on this edition of the podcast when previewing National Signing Day, which is Wednesday. Shay, uh, let's lead off with, with this. LSU has 25 signees from the high school ranks on board in the boat uh double digit early enrollees already so this class is pretty well sewed up uh the only two we were really tracking this spring were a uh, five-star athlete nicholas harbour who doesn't have an lsu hat on the table in that one but jamel howard the three-star defensive tackle from the chicago area is set to make his decision um we're hearing on wednesday he told me wednesday uh late uh, Monday night as we were texting. Uh, we'll see if that holds true and and he doesn't move it up to a Tuesday uh, announcement. But um, with 24 hours to go now, uh, less than that, until National Signing Day begins, uh, what's just kind of your take on this new era of National Signing Day and a little bit on Jamel Howard? You don't know how many people I've talked to over the past week, uh, friends or whomever, just random folks I run into and uh, I mentioned, oh, you know, signing day is Wednesday. And everyone's like, signing day is Wednesday? Uh, and it feels like the old, remember the uh, video killed the radio star? I feel like uh, that's easily applied here. Early signing day killed signing day. There is, you mentioned Nicholas Harbor. Like there's only a few national names still out there. LSU's really obviously not even the mix for Nicholas Harbor at this stage. And they're only after one guy who, fits the mold in Jamel Howard, a three-star out of Chicago, as you mentioned, defensive tackle of those kids who blow up as a senior. And then all of a sudden they have a lot more options in December than they did before. And because of that, they're like, Oh, I should wait until February because I can pick up more offers. I can actually make visits to these schools. And that's what Jamel Howard did. So I almost feel like traditional signing day is just going to be guys like this who end up picking up late offers. They want to wait and then they end up making visits in January. Everybody else, like 98% of LSU's board signed in December, whether it was with LSU or somebody else. And they signed 25 guys. That's a normal recruiting class. Like if they don't get any other high school guys, which I had predicted on the pod, and it wasn't a bold prediction, after December signing day, there was a chance they didn't add anyone else from the high school ranks. And that wasn't like – deviating from the plan in a big way. I mean, almost everybody that they were after, as I said, was already committed and signed in December. So yeah, not very eventful. I miss the days of the bash and the days where we stood up, um, waited up all night tonight, working the phone lines, trying to find out where 25 to 30 kids were going. But um, we do that in December now. February is for chilling. feels like. <laughs> even, even this past December, uh, you know, there really wasn't much. Uh, we, there was not much as far as staying up late 
uh, trying to figure out where where guys were going to go. Bill, you uh, couldn't sleep off Desmond Ricks. Don't put that out there. <laughs> I couldn't sleep for a different reason. But uh, that, well, that hey, isn't isn't that the point though? If you don't want to go into signing day as a staff and have to worry about closing like five or six guys. I know people complained in December. They're like, oh, we're not in it for a lot of guys who are announcing this week. Like you don't want to be really, you want everyone to already be in the boat and done. And LSU had done that by and large. I mean, they only added a few guys late and Camorian Pimpton flipping him in the early signing period was obviously big, but Dylan Carpenter, they flipped with a late offer. Christian Braithwaite, they flipped with a late offer. Uh, Pimpton, we mentioned they flip after recruiting him hard late. So that's kind of where you want to be. You want to have everyone in the boat. And if you're flipping guys with a couple of months to go, that's good. But I thought LSU played it really well this cycle. Next week, we can do like uh, superlatives and give out accolades to all these different kids of uh, once the signing class is complete. But I won't be surprised. I don't know. What's your gut feel on Jamel Howard? That is the only guy they are after for this week. Yeah, one quick note, too. I mean, JV and Toviano announced his commitment a whole week before the early signing period, and he did it just to have his classmates there because they would have been in school. If not, that would have been a big splash on the actual early signing day. This this staff was not uh, running around on signing day, you know, talking about, well, we're still talking to the kid. We're still talking. We're still trying to get Desmond Ricks or Isaac Smith or a couple of those guys. They knew going into the day that it was done. It was over. Um, and so that's that's a nice part about it. There wasn't as much, um, you know, melt looking back on on some of those as far as, well, uh, you know, they they were battling right there to the end, battling, battling. Nope. They got their answer. And uh, those guys uh, went into signing day with their decisions made. When it comes to Jamel Howard, uh, this is going to be very interesting to me only because he plays things so close to the vest. Um, it's very difficult to get on the phone for an interview. Uh, I've been texting with him on and off over the last week and a half, just mainly about, hey, if you would like to do an announcement, if you'd like an edit, if you want to jump on our YouTube channel, let us know. We can do that. And here and there over the last 24 to 48 hours, he's been recept receptive to that. Is that a good sign for LSU? We'll find out. I will say this. Coming off the Miami visit, there wasn't much buzz out there that Miami had overtaken some of these other schools that have been recruiting him a while longer. And if you look back on it and kind of try to read tea leaves here, and everyone kind of freaks out in a way when it comes to Miami just swooping in late, but he was supposed to visit Ole Miss that last weekend before National Sign Day, ends up going to Miami. That tells me that Miami is obviously pushing and trying to get in there, but they're probably that odd team out, most likely. Now, we've see, we see some surprises. We know Mario Cristobal does have some recruiting chops. But at the end of the day, it's a lot harder to make up that much ground kind of late in the process. The big thing here is, can LSU snag him away from a Wisconsin? We've talked about it before. Michigan was the program that, if he was going to sign early, that was probably where he was going to sign. He also took an official visit to check out Wisconsin with that new coaching staff. He had been committed to Wisconsin under the prior staff. He took that official visit in December with Luke Fickle and his staff, didn't sign there. Illinois hosted him before LSU uh, did in January. Now, I kind of feel like the buzz is around LSU. 
But will he leave the Midwest? It seems like if he doesn't, Wisconsin is the program that we're kind of watching. It's been very quiet on that front. Um, sources up at Wisconsin were not real confident going into the Miami visit that it would be them. Does he turn around after that trip down south to Miami and say, you know what, I'm between LSU and Wisconsin. You know, maybe I do need to, you know, stay close to home. Maybe I do need to go play uh, for a really good defensive mind in Luke Fickle. Or did LSU with Brian Pulley and Jamar Kane do enough here on their visit to really move the needle? From what we're kind of hearing, that was the case. LSU made a move after its visit. Now, as the kind of buzz um, of a visit wears off, is his mind still in that spot? Uh, we'll kind of be monitoring this one. He's very difficult to get a hold of, like I said. But um, he had given us indications that he uh, wanted to uh, to you know do an announcement through on three and and through our YouTube page and and do that. But we haven't finalized those plans. Uh, maybe he's still weighing things and weighing out a final decision, but there was enough buzz around LSU, uh, especially coming off the Miami visit, that you, you kind of feel like, as of right now, as recording this podcast, LSU sits in a good spot here. I think it's LSU or Wisconsin, and that's my best guess. And as you noted, I think one thing you said was important. He was committed to Wisconsin before. So there's a familiarity with the program, all of that. Like we've seen plenty of kids, we've experienced this where, They'll decommit. You have a coaching change. They go out and visit schools. They meet your new staff. Ultimately, they stick with, you know, the home state school or the nearby school. So I could easily see him getting back on board with 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 Wisconsin. LSU just has to hope that the one visit they got, which was a couple of weeks ago, was enough to really seal the deal. And that's tough to do. I mean, it's tough to get a kid on one visit at the end and be done and lock it in, especially when he's got some other options closer to home. Michigan was talked about a lot early on. And I don't know if you've gotten anything from the Michigan side, Billy, I haven't talked to EJ Holland lately, but I don't know if Michigan was pushing and then sort of just filled up or what, or if they just don't feel like they're in a good spot, but he has, or has had options closer to Chicago. I just think that he sees LSU one. They've pitched to a lot of these kids a need for a nose tackle and they don't have a high school nose tackle. Uh, that they signed, he would be that guy. I think if you're LSU, it's Lanyap, really, for me. If you get him, great. If you don't, you weren't even recruiting him two or three months ago. It was not a guy that was even on your radar. So this is what the February signing period gives you. It gives you an opportunity to try to close on some guys. They did this a year ago with Jalen Davis Robinson at corner. It was like, oh, we really need corners. We'll offer a guy late. Well, you know, he doesn't sign early. We host him in January. We get him committed. A year later, Davis Robinson's not even on the team anymore. So it'll be interesting. I do think it's LSU or Wisconsin. I don't think he's going to go to Miami, and I don't think he goes to Illinois. Unless Michigan makes some big splash late, I think he's weighing the school I was once committed to or kind of a school I've been high on here lately in LSU. Yeah, and just to cover bases for for the listeners here, uh, did check in with some sources at Illinois. They would be surprised if it was them. Michigan uh, checked in with EJ Holland, Zach uh, Lebby, our uh, Michigan uh, guys over there at uh, the Wolverine.com and, and both would be surprised if it's Michigan as well. I, I agree with you, Shay. LSU or Wisconsin for, for Jamel Howard. I'll add this. They went down, whether it was Brian Pulley or, and or Jamar Kane, and saw him every available opportunity they were able to in January. They put in the work to go see him, prioritize him. 
Uh, they were actually in home with him Thursday night before he went to uh, Miami on that Friday for that final official visit. So they, they put in the work. Look, nose tackle, you need somebody, I feel like, long term uh, to kind of get into the boat. You know, as a developmental guy, that's Jamel Howard talking with some LSU sources. They were pleasantly surprised at kind of how good he looks. You know, you think 6'3", 320 as far as what he's listed. And you're like, ooh, he's a little big. And even pictures of him, he's a little big. But you get that body into uh, the strength and conditioning program at the college level. And he's going to probably trim up a little bit. Uh, they were ple pleasantly surprised just kind of visiting with him as far as just how he looks. And he had a really good uh, senior season as well. And um, for the most part, I, I believe he's played since he was in eighth grade, or at least they knew he was going to be a good one uh, in eighth grade coming up uh, from Marist, uh, just from what we had heard. So LSU hoping to land uh, that big defensive tackle to kind of solidify the future, at least get some depth in there long term. Uh, we'll continue to keep you guys in the loop on TheBengalTiger.com. $30 gets you access until September. So subscribe today. Check it out. Get on board. You can try free for seven days, uh, which would obviously get you uh, National Sign Day coverage and, and scoop on Jamel Howard, uh, as well as a Bengal Tiger Founders Club hat. Those are still available. So just bump the thread on the message board for those to uh, redeem those hats and get those in. So check that out at thebengaltiger.com. Shay, when it comes to decisions, uh, we did kind of uh, get a little bit of some news, I would say, uh, on Monday night as 2024 four-star athlete and Lafayette Christian quarterback Jawan Johnson announced with our Hayes Fawcett that he is going to be making his college decision on Saturday, February 4th at LCA. 10.30 a.m. Central is the time. LSU made the final three here. LSU, Florida, Colorado. The interesting thing on this one is LSU did not host him in January. Florida, Texas, and Colorado did all in that order in those three weekends available to prospects in January. We've seen what Juwan Johnson can do at quarterback. We've seen what he can do uh, in the camp setting and seven-on-seven -seven setting at defensive back. This is a nickel target for LSU. This one could be interesting here as the final days are coming through uh, to his uh, decision, but you spoke with him Monday night. What's your feeling here? Well, one, let's remind everybody, this is a 2024 prospect. So Jamel Howard, signing day this week is 2023 kids. So he's a junior in high school, so he can't even sign anywhere for more than 10 months. So even if it's LSU or any other school this weekend, everyone's going to keep recruiting him. This kid is the real deal. Uh, and as you noted, he plays quarterback. We'll give you the brief rundown if you don't know Jawan Johnson. He plays at LCA which they've been to six straight state title games uh, in Louisiana. So a powerhouse program. He plays quarterback for them. And I'll give you his numbers. He passed for 4,010 yards this year, 43 touchdowns. Also rushed for 1,280 and 17 in that semifinals. Golly, if any, I know there was a number of people listening that were probably at that Turlings Catholic LCA game. He accounted for all nine touchdowns, gets them into the state title game. Then in the state title game, goes for 585 total yards from scrimmage. That is a Louisiana state title game record. They didn't win, which is wild, but great season for him. But he's not going to play quarterback at the next level. This is a kid who, as he told me, I'm being recruited at corner by every school. He's 5'11", 180 probably. 
But we first saw him at corner Billy in LSU's camp in June. And that's when he was offered by LSU and quickly offered by a lot of schools uh, over the summer months, Alabama, um, you name it. There were a ton of other big kind of who's who teams that jumped into the mix, but making the move from quarterback to cornerback and working out at camp. I remember being there and standing with you. We were with Charles Power and Cody Belair, two of the national rankings guys at on three and he was going stride for stride with like Dalen Austin and guys who were a year older that were actual corners that play it every Friday night. So this is a kid who is a big time nickel corner type prospect. What I have found interesting from talking to him last night as well is that over is that how much his recruitment beyond LSU has changed in just a month's time. Now, he told me I've had February circled as when I wanted to announce for like a year now, basically. He was like, since last December, I always knew LCA was going to go far into the state playoffs. They did. They made it the state title game. That's December, basically. So he was like, I want in January to take visits to schools that I've not been able to see. Then I want to announce. So makes perfect sense, right? Well, I'll give you the breakdown. In early December, Billy, he had a top seven. And it was LSU, Bama, Texas, Georgia, Tennessee, Penn State, and Vandy. By the end of the month, in fact, at the very end of December, so just one month ago, he gets offered by Colorado. Deion Sanders and the new staff had just gotten there. They hired some Louisiana guys on the staff. They offer Juwan. A week later, Florida, Corey Raymond, former LSU DB coach, former player, obviously, they offer Juwan. In the past month, Colorado and Florida offer him. Well, in January, he turns around and says, well, I've got a new top group. It's LSU, Florida, Colorado, and Georgia. Those are his top four now. Perhaps everybody else. Well, he scraps Georgia, visits Texas instead of Georgia, also visits Florida and Colorado. Now he puts a final three of it's just LSU, Florida, and Colorado. So the competition here are two schools that offered him within the past month and got him to campus for the first time within the past month. Colorado got him to campus last weekend, like three days ago was the first time they got him to campus. So two schools LSU's up against that, let's be real, came in late in the game. This is a kid who has had very big time power five offers, SEC offers, you name it, since last summer before his junior year even began. So for me, it's it's intriguing, right, that, his final three is a team LSU that's the home state team. The team he told me, I know by far the most about LSU. They're the team I visited for games this year. I mean, he drove New Orleans for the season against Florida State. He was in Tyrion for multiple games. Um, and he's balanced the schedule with LCA, where obviously they play every Friday night and they do film on Saturdays. So to this point, especially considered Florida and Colorado just came into the mix, it would seem almost like a given that he was choosing LSU. I don't think he's going to Florida. I'm just caught up in this wrinkle of the reality of Coach Prime at Colorado. And they are bringing in a lot of big visitors every weekend in January. We haven't seen any Louisiana kids pop yet for Colorado, but we saw it this past class. Cormani McLean, Travis Hunter follows him. They landed some big names. Can they get that going in the 2024 cycle? They're obviously targeting a guy like Jawan, who's the number one athlete in Louisiana, arguably the top player in Louisiana. I think we have him ranked number two in Louisiana right now and on three. They're making him a priority. So I pause to say it's going to be LSU for sure, because 
Prime and Colorado have real buzz to them right now. That being said, we can tell you, Billy and I both, from talking to LSU sources, they are working this one hard behind the scenes to make sure that all the work they've done was, you know, not for not, and that he ends up being a tiger. For me, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do Saturday. I do think that ultimately he ends up at LSU. I don't know what that means for this weekend, and but I won't be surprised if it's Colorado or LSU. Like I'm not going to rule out Colorado until I hear more solid, concrete, sourced-up information where they say, hey, this week we feel very good about getting Juwan Johnson. And I don't know if LSU's there yet. Yeah, I, I think that's the – that's where I'm at with it as well. Colorado versus LSU here in the last few days, you know, a, a former LCA uh, prospect that LSU battled for kind of like this in a way, not that there was kind of that much buzz when the decision was, was coming around, um, you know, LSU when Sage Ryan announced he was going to make a decision, it was going to be Alabama. And, and we remember that wild ride uh, as LSU buckled in and was able to get him to change his, you know, kind of mind as it as the days went on to LSU. Uh, Jawan Johnson, we don't have that concrete info, like you kind of said, to to make us feel like he's informed Colorado, hey, it's going to be you guys. Now LSU's buckling in and trying to get him on board in the final you know few days. The interesting thing about Jawan Johnson is, like you said, this is going to stretch on uh, for another however many months he has left until uh, he puts pen to paper and LSU isn't going to give up. They do have 2024 defensive back Wallace Foster on board out of Warren Easton. They're kind of similar players in the sense that they're, they're both nickels at the next level. Uh, so LSU does have a nickel commitment on board as already. I do think Juwan Johnson's that, that higher profile, um, more highly sought after and, and higher end prospect. Um, but LSU, you know, needs to win recruiting battles like this. Um, you know, coach prime is going to try to, you know, flex their recruiting muscles and, get into Louisiana. You mentioned those hires that he made, but LSU still needs to, uh, you know, go ahead and, and, and kind of, you know, continue to lock in on Juwan, whether they get him on Saturday or not, uh, just from the standpoint of you want to build those, those borders uh, up on Louisiana and keep those, uh, keep those walls up. You don't want uh, the state and, and kind of prospects that have kind of, you know, you prioritize LSU was a very early offer on Juwan Johnson. You don't want uh, to be losing guys like that kind of, last second, even though there is a ton of time for this one to change if it is Colorado on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, more than 10 months is so much time. Again, and people on the board were saying, well, Shay, you're kind of giving it away. You're saying LSU's got 10 more months to close them. It's not going to be LSU. I'm not saying that. I'm just giving the reality of the situation. He could well choose LSU on Saturday. I'll throw this in. may not mean anything. LSU has more LCA kids on their roster than any other high school team. They have Three of his former teammates, Sage Ryan, Fitzgerald West, Jordan Allen, Jordan Allen being a defensive back as well. So they know Lafayette, they recruit Lafayette as well as anyone, and they recruit LCA as well as anyone. And they have three of the guys on their team, as I mentioned right now. If they got Juwan, that would be a fourth because Sage and them would still be in college. Uh, be interested to see. I, I Again, I don't know for sure which way this one's going, but I talked to Corey Bender at the Florida site this morning. He kind of gets a sense Florida's probably running third. So I do think this is a Colorado LSU battle. We need some Colorado uh, on. Do we have? We need an on three Colorado site so we have someone to call and get get the feel from. 
Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to? Coach Prime is operating in silence out there. Yeah, he needs a he needs a voice uh, through on three. So, um, look, you mentioned Colorado, Shay. Um, obviously, something that's uh, legal in Colorado uh, is um, a little bit of that uh, a ganja. But we have uh, a great sponsor that we work with uh, here at On Three in the Bengal Tiger RogueShop.com. Um, a husband and wife craft cannabis outfit uh, based out of Wisconsin. Veteran-owned business that specializes in Delta 8, Delta 9, CBD, and HHC products. It's all lab-direct. They don't use middlemen. Uh, they cut out that to, to ensure that their handcrafted products are up to their standards, which are very, very high. That's why they have their own consulting firm, uh, DGIY, Don't Grow It Yourself, uh, to kind of help people uh, in this cannabis uh, consulting field to kind of make sure that people are getting the best products. And um, whether you have, you know, sleep issues, anxiety, pain, all those things, um, th these products can help. Um, Shay, you you have, uh, you know, some of the pre-rolls, the gummies, um, the tinctures. Um, I like the creams, um, you know, that they have out there. But you can check them out at rogueshop.com. Uh, you're probably going to be talking to Richard or Char uh, on the other end of their live chat when you're finalizing your order, which you can use the promo code BENGALTIGER for 10% off your order um, and, and kind of continue to, you know, support this great, great company uh, that we love working with. It's been a blast to uh, get to know them and, and use their products. And uh, you know, back in the day um, people would have been jumping all over this to, to kind of take care of some stress around national signing day. Oh yeah. The old signing day, people would have loved it. No, shout out to, shout out to rogue shop again, promo code bingle tiger. I just made my second round of orders I'll tell you what, um, and I'm not too old, but boy, I already have back issues. And I think it's because I sleep on it funny all the time. Uh, but I've been on the CBD uh, gummies that they have and knocked out at night. And I have not been waking up with much back pain. I think it's because I'm not tossing and turning around all night. So I, I'm signing off on them. I put in my second order. I'm backing it. Uh, they've been good to us. They've been good to a lot of uh, the on three sites here by uh, moving in as a sponsor early on. So shout out Rogue Shop, rogueshop.com. Y'all check them out, support them, make an order, at least see what you think and let us know. Let us know on the board how it is. Um, and now, Shay, as we move into the final portion of the podcast here, Junior Day uh, has been a busy one uh, for LSU uh, over the last two weekends. They really didn't you know, have one going on that first weekend of January that prospects were allowed, but uh, they hit it uh, with a kind of select group both weekends, the January 21st and 28th, uh, getting some commits on campus, getting some uh, top targets, especially in Louisiana, back on campus. Uh, let's let's kind of share some takeaways from these last two weekends. It's interesting to see all these prospects get out and hit the road and obviously where they go. You look at Texas, you look at Texas A&M, those are some of the schools that uh, Florida in LSU is kind of recruiting, you know, um, uh, region uh, that have hosted huge junior days. They make a big deal out of it. I can tell you that that March 4th weekend for LSU is starting to look like their monster junior day that they're really pushing for prospects to get on campus. But as far as January goes, they got some uh, pretty key guys uh, to stop by and, and swing through campus. Yeah, I think, like I said earlier, the video killed the radio star uh, line of thought can continue on here. Not only did early signing period kill National Signing Day, the recruiting calendar and the decision basically to open it up 
so much more than it ever has been in the past killed junior days for me. Like there was a time where before the early signing period, January was saved for recruiting your seniors that you were trying to sign in February. And nobody really turned the page to the next year's class until after February. Like I remember back in the day, Billy, not too long ago, but before the early signing period, which only got put in, uh, which the early signing period is the one in December, only got put in a few years back. Everyone would close their class on National Signing Day and then simultaneously be offering like 120, you know, 100 kids that were juniors. And that's when you officially moved into the junior crop. Now juniors can take official visits in the spring. Now with the open recruiting calendar, you can pretty much come in at any point you want. So the idea that you have to have everybody in on one big weekend kind of got thrown to the wayside. And in that moment back then, the coaches didn't love it because it was like, man, we have to battle Georgia, Bama, A&M, whomever, Texas. Everyone's having their junior day the same weekend. Everyone gets like 100 kids there. Then you don't have all the time to spend one-on-one with them. Now we're seeing a lot more, and I'll speak towards LSU, of kids visit all the time, anytime you want them to. So these weekends now that the bulk or everything pretty much beyond maybe a Jamel Howard is done with 2023, they've been having 2024 kids on campus every weekend. They've been going out on the road every week and seeing 2024 kids. So the whole notion of, oh, we're going to have one huge weekend and that's going to be it is gone. Now you mentioned March. That's when they're about to start spring practice. You bring a ton of kids in. But the January, February weekends are really just, we saw it. There was about 10 or 12 guys who and who all had offers, who all are high targets. You know, not guys like it used to be where everyone comes in. Like you brought your whole team with you, basically. And now it seems much more pointed in terms of we're after this group of guys Pick a weekend in January, you can come in, come in. And then the same will be done in February when it's not a dead period. So that's kind of my long-winded way of saying that the big junior days seem done in a way. I don't know if time will change that, but uh, still, I mean, we're looking at the list right here. More than 10 kids came in two weekends ago and more than 10 this past weekend and a lot of names that uh, are notable. Um, Billy, you've caught up with actually a lot of these uh, already. Anybody stood out? Maybe who who do you think LSU made the biggest impression on that's not committed already? I I would say um, kind of looking at this from two different lights. I, I I think one who really stood out to me as far as uncommitted players was Caden Durham, uh, the four star running back out of Duncanville, Texas, uh, a state champion, somebody who was the offensive MVP in that state title game, finally knocking off North Shore. Uh, He really, really just enjoyed the visit, getting to sit down with Frank Wilson. Uh, He's kind of a sawed off back, you know, five, five, nine, but can really, really go. Has some really nice uh, 100 meter times under his belt. And obviously was very productive uh, at the highest level of Texas high school football. He's got plenty of programs after him. Oklahoma is one of them that he mentioned that he really wants to get back to as well. Um, So he was one in the 2024 class out of that January 21st weekend that stood out. Kobe Young out of Louisiana. That same weekend, the New Orleans Holy Cross receiver is another one that I feel like LSU sits in a good spot for and continues to chip away on. Um, So those two out of that weekend. And then one uh, that I'll highlight that is a flip guy, a flip candidate uh, in the class of 2024, a four-star prospect committed to Texas, Hunter Modden out of Houston Clear Lake, 
Uh, one of the top athletes in Texas, Robert Steeples, and uh, the staff are really after him to play corner. He was really impressed. He was talking like he was going to come back and visit multiple times over the next few months. Uh, he's got a few other visits in mind, uh, but Texas is going to have to really fight to hang on to his uh, commitment. He's one of the best athletes in the country, plays both sides of the ball. He really, really was impressed from what I gathered from him. We'll see if he makes a return trip in the end, but he said he wants to, which is huge. And then Kalaj Cobbins, uh, the four-star defensive end from Destrahan, uh, who is uh, you know continues to be one of the top targets for LSU. He just released a top six, which LSU made. Sounds like he's going to make a decision just before his senior season, and it wouldn't shock me at this point if it would be LSU if he made that decision today. So the Tigers sit in a good spot there. Uh, one prospect uh, that we'll talk about here to kind of close out, uh, and then another one because both quarterbacks – Shay, uh, they had 2026 Carrollton quarterback Julian Lewis on campus and extended an offer to him. He's probably, if there were rankings for class 2026, the number one quarterback in that class, just in my opinion. He was absolutely dominant as a freshman, led his team to a state championship, just does it all, has offers already from all over, uh, and will take a ton of visits, and there's a lot of time on that one. But a uh, quick other note on him, he was on campus, and then LSU turns around and last night offers his tight end, four-star uh, Caleb o Odom in the class of 2024, who really wants to get to LSU now that he's got the offer. He was there for the Bama game. He really is high on the Tigers right now. So we'll have that full story on, on both of those guys uh, on the site here pretty soon. Uh, and then one quick note, because everybody loves talking about quarter quarterbacks. Uh, I saw Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback in the country at Battle Miami, uh, earlier this month, and LSU is supposed to host him next month for an unofficial visit. He's a top-ranked quarterback in 2025. He's out of the state of Michigan. He's won yet another state championship. He was the max prep sophomore of the year. He now has an offer from LSU. That's the first quarterback offer to go out in the class of 2025 since Colin Hurley reclassified. So LSU continues to uh, dish out the offers there, Shady. Yeah, I mean, those were a lot of big-time quarterbacks obviously rolled through. Bryce Underwood, I had the date written down. I was going to give it to you all here on the pod, but he is the number one quarterback in the country. Uh, March 3rd to 4th is when Underwood is set to visit. So, Billy, that that, that weekend is going to be a must-be-on-the-site must, must be on the site weekend. So that's the, that's the March weekend that Billy was talking about that he's here and is going to be stacked with visitors. So – that is one, um, let's see, yeah, Bryce Underwood, March 3rd to 4th is what I've got in my notes. Uh, Big-time player, big-time player. And, look, they got – Joe Sloan went on the road and basically stopped and saw all those guys. Now, all of them, I'd say the top four or five quarterbacks in the country for 2025, now all of them are starting to set up visits. We saw Emil Piccarello come in. Um, I'll give you another uh, that I just thought is – got to mention it. We can't get by without saying it. Jalen Mbakwe was on campus, and he's an Alabama commit out of Alabama, a five-star. On three, has him ranked as the number six player in the country, regardless of position. So he did an interview with Chad Simmons and said, look, I'm committed to Bama, but he said LSU, quote-unquote, felt like home. Uh, talked about Robert Steeples and Brian Kelly. Um, there's a good interview up on the site if you want to read it. But it's clear to me that LSU is not scared to go in there and start throwing punches early on with guys who are in enemy territory, you know, at Bama, from Bama, committed to Bama, a five-star, and they're trying early on to get him. So 
It will be uh, interesting to see how 24 begins to play out. We'll give you a quick update here. They are ranked. I know they're still in the top 10. Let me see exactly where they're ranked here, Billy. Um, for the actual 23 class, which signing day is Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, they are ranked number five. So they'll likely finish with a top five class. We'll have to see how everything shakes out there. But that's phenomenal, obviously, in Brian Kelly's first full season uh, on staff with this new staff. And they are ninth right now with eight commitments in. Good spot to be in. I mean, if you're if you're in the top 10 kind of from start to finish, that's the goal. That's where they are. A number of these guys, Maurice Williams, uh, Jojo Stone, um, I can keep going down the list, Kyrie Lee, who are committed, did visit in January. So a nice base has been built, nine commits. Um, we'll see kind of where things go from there. Or excuse me, number nine class, eight commits. But it's early, uh, and I would assume, Billy, these next couple months, 2024 is going to heat up in a big way because after tomorrow, February 1st, LSU will no longer care about recruiting the 2023 class. It will be over, and all the focus will be on 2024 and moving forward, and that's when the fun begins. So are we ready to do it all over again, Billy? Uh, I'm, I, I need a couple couple weeks. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to head to Nashville this weekend and catch Mitchell Tenpenny. Uh, in concert with my wife, little little late birthday present for her. See see the Ryman Auditorium for the first time. Stop in, maybe if the weather's good at the On Three HQ. Get in front of the guys a little bit there. That's what I need in a little weekend in Nashville. I may go and see Nico Case in Lafayette this weekend, um, which Lafayette. I've never seen her in concert, and I've been dying to for more than a decade. And randomly, I was just going through and googling people I wanted to see tours. And boom, showing up in Lafayette at some theater downtown. So uh, for any Lafayette listeners, if you're going to be at the show on Sunday night, I will probably be over there. I'm waiting to buy tickets because they look a little pricey at the moment. I think that by the time Sunday rolls around, people will be unloading tickets. Then I'll get one. There you go. That's what I did with the Mitchell Tenpenny show. Waited a little bit. Uh, they came down at the Ryman. So excited to uh, get out there, be around Broadway a little bit on Saturday if the weather's good and just enjoy uh, that first weekend uh, with the class of 2023 behind us. So, Jay, anything else? If not, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast, guys. Tons more coverage on uh, tons of new offers, visitors, uh, reactions, all those things resetting for 2024 to come at thebengletiger.com. So don't forget to subscribe. $30 gets you on the site until September, and it gets you a Founders Club hat. So redeem those at the link on the message board that I just bumped before we jumped on the podcast. So hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. We are so close to 3,000 subscribers on the page. Please hit that subscribe button. Takes just seconds. We appreciate all you guys who have listened. Uh, next time we talk to you guys, the class of 2023 will be uh, all said and done, maybe outside of Jaden Rashada. But um, we will catch you guys on another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast later this week. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy what is left of National Sign today and have a good one.